Hello and happy Wednesday. Good morning. <laughs> I refuse to say good morning. <laughs> Uh, it's just not morning everywhere. Are you? Are we on? Yes, we are. Oh, okay. happy day! All right. I Pepper. heard us. Good morning, Pepper. <laughs> oh, and Mike Fry. Hello, Mike. Happy day to you. <laughs> if you're joining us, say hello in the comments and tell us where you're from. Except for those of you who we know where you're from. <laughs> welcome all christy oh gosh christy lisa jeff welcome welcome and i'm, I'm assuming robin too <laughs> i'd like to see her get on comment though hello 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 good day what are we talking about oh we are talking about a lot of things <laughs> kingdom government uh the father's zeal our zeal and I don't know, let's just jump in. Okay. Go for it. You go for it. Okay. See, this is what happens when you decide two minutes before exactly what it is that you're going to talk about. While the thing is yes. going. Then then you have an <laughs> argument while you're alive. Who's going to start? I like what you read. So start okay. there. <laughs> uh, so in, in thinking about kingdom government, uh, I was reading through John 6 the other day and and realized at the end of this, um, story of Jesus multiplying the food and, and feeding so many people, uh, thousands and thousands of people, and having the uh, leftovers collected up, which was enough for the disciples to carry each of them and have a basket full of food, that the people said, um, they began to say among themselves, he really is the one, the true prophet we've been expecting. And then in uh, John 6, uh, verse 15, it says, so Jesus, knowing they were about to take him and make him their king by force, quickly left and went up the mountainside alone. And we know quickly left, quickly, wink, wink. quickly left. And there is a reason why he quickly left. Uh, and what I started thinking about was the fact that the people originally back in the Old Testament, they wanted a king. They desired to have a king to be like the other nations which was not God's intent for them. Mm -hmm. He said among them judges to be his ambassadors, to uh, rule in that manner with him as their king. But they, they grumbled, they wanted a king, and they were going to do it by force if necessary. And so they chose some good-looking person who they had no idea what he was about, just he looks the part. Yeah, He didn't necessarily act the part or wasn't. Uh, in any way showing potential to live up to. Yeah, that. he was just out looking for donkeys. Right. <laughs> and. Uh... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> my my childish mind just yes, starts I making can feel jokes. <laughs> um, Your boyish charm. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we'll go with that. Um, so. Jesus knows that th this happened back then. He. he he witnessed it. He was there watching it. And so he knew that um, they couldn't they, they couldn't be allowed to take him and set him as king because that is not the manner that he was coming as the Messiah. He wasn't coming as a, an overthrower of earthly governments. Right. He came to overthrow, send death, and bring us back into the family. Right. 
and set us up in the kingdom and set up his government, which we have been uh, screwing up ever since. Yeah, we do a good job at that. We do. I mean, I'm not saying we're totally getting it wrong, but, you know. But we just, we haven't had a good revelation of the king's house. Mm -hmm. And and that's what, what we keep talking about is like, until we know what his house looks like, how on earth can we govern his kingdom rightly? Right. It's, it's kind of baffling because we want to say that um, we know what Scripture's talking about and we want to pull out context here and context there rather than ma- making sure that we have a central starting point, yeah. which is extremely important to, to look at every Scripture from the starting point of Christ and Him crucified. If we're not starting there, if that isn't the center of the wheel where all the spokes are going out from, then we're going to be off and we're going to be skewed on some things. We may get some parts right, but it's not going to be a clear picture of the whole. Right. Yes. And so, well, I'm trying to decide where where to start here, because I think it's important that we look at the scriptures that, that talk about um, the Lord's house. Um, maybe let's let's read in Isaiah nine, and and I read this on Sunday also, but it's just it's so good because it gets us it gets us looking in the right direction anyway. Um, <clears throat> Isaiah nine six: A child has been born for us, a son has been given to us. The responsibility of complete dominion or government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be the Wonderful One, the Extraordinary Strategist, the Mighty God, the Father of Eternity, the Prince of Peace. Great and vast is his dominion, or his government will increase forevermore. He will bring immeasurable peace and prosperity. He will rule on David's throne and over David's kingdom to establish and uphold it by promoting justice and righteousness from this time forward and forevermore. The marvelous passion that the Lord Yahweh, commander of the angel armies, has for his people will ensure that it is finished. And in other translations, instead of saying the marvelous passion, it says the zeal of the Lord will do this. And so I think that we we need to have a better understanding of, of one, his house, and what is his zeal? Mm-hmm. What does his zeal look like and, and, and how, or his marvelous passion. That's also fun to consider. What does the marvelous passion of the father look like? And, and I think that we have no choice, but to point to Jesus. Mm-hmm. He gave up his one and only son. Yeah. His one and only son it took off deity to put on flesh. I think that we need to take more time to sit in that alone. Just what? God took off his godhood mm-hmm. and put on flesh to redeem us. Yeah. No. To establish, reestablish mm-hmm. dominion because he did it in the first place. Yes. And we gave up rights. We did. Through Adam and Eve, right? Like we know in in Genesis, it says that when he created us, he also gave us dominion over all of creation. So we had the keys before we lost them. (laughs) We chucked them in the dirt. Yes, before we handed them over to a slithering snake. Right. Yeah. 
it's such an incredible thing to to think about because you have to consider dominion as an aspect of what we talk about when it comes to zeal when it comes to kingdom government mm -hmm. and i won't get too deep into that because we're going to talk about it on sunday but you have to understand who you are first and, and even before that you have to understand what it is that you believe about god yeah because the the amount of zeal that you're going to be able to to express the uh the kingdom you're going to be able to spill out is going to only be as much as the measure that you believe God is good. Mm -hmm. Because wherever that stops at, that's, that's the measure you have to spill out. And if you can't expand your, your thinking and, and break out of the box and, and allow God to break out of the box that you're putting him in, yeah, then that's where it caps. Mm -hmm. And so we have to really go back to these things and look at, okay, what does he say about me? What am I thinking about him? What am I believing about him? Because that just goes back to a belief problem. Right. If you've got God in a box, then you've got a belief problem. And so you have to really look at dominion and, and understanding those things. Because if we don't exercise dominion with kingdom government, then I don't think we're going to be able to really get into a, a, a space where we have zeal for his house, yeah. where we are really wanting to see that, see that displace darkness here on the earth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's interesting that, you know, you read about um, Jesus multiplying the, the bread and, and the fish. And, and I actually just learned yesterday, and this is so fascinating to me, that there's more to the story then 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 we realize because we don't sit in things mm -hmm. we don't allow revelation to 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 behold us right. we we just read we read the words because it's familiar and we don't allow ourselves to actually sit in scripture and absorb the power that is on it and um but what what i learned yesterday is that when it says that he lifted it up to the father that he ascended he ascended into the realm of the king's dominion, of God's dominion, and multiplication happened, which is fascinating and inviting. Mm -hmm. This is what is ours. When, when we're talking about government and dominion, we have to understand what we have access to. We can ascend anytime we want. Right. It, it's open. We aren't waiting for some portal to magically open and suck us up. Mm -hmm. That's that's not when when Jesus ascended before his disciples, they they watched him and he says to them, I have to go and make a way. Not in the sweet by and by. No, he's making a way now. He made a way so we mm -hmm. can come and go as often as we want. And and what ask yourself, what, what needs to be multiplied for you right now? I oh, mean, yeah. like Jesus saw the need. Mm -hmm. Did he have to feed those people? No. No. He wanted to. It was mm -hmm. desire that was bubbling up inside of him. And we know that desire, any desire that we have has been planted, seeded by God. Yeah. And so we just need to take the desire that we have and lift it up into the realms that are open for us and, and ask, multiply this. 
for the sake of the kingdom. Mm -hmm. If God is putting a lofty call on our lives and we don't have a way, if things are starting, if, if, if you are stepping out and you've said yes, and you are taking the steps to enter into that thing, you're going to come up against resistance. Yeah. But that's just to see if we will actually ascend to go and grab what's ours. Right? Right. So really, I mean, like, we, we just don't know who we are. That's right. We read the words, but we don't practice the words. Mm-mm. No, it, it's, it, that just goes back to a belief problem. And if you don't believe that God's good, if you don't believe that you are who he says you are, and that you, I mean, even if you forget calling and unique identity, just the point of you are his child, you are a child of God. And that comes with privilege, that comes with responsibility, that comes with authority. Yeah. And if we don't even believe that, it's going to be hard to continue to move into those next things. Yeah. And, and again, you, I, I just go back to the, the belief thing. If you believe something and and you can see it happening then it's likely going to happen yeah i mean in the multiplication of food and him ascending he knew who he was yeah he believed it and he knew what was what was about to happen he could see it happening and made it happen and, and i don't think it's any different for us if we truly believe who it is that god says we are right just as children alone, mm-hmm. uh, the the unique names that he calls us, th- those are phenomenal things to get into yeah. and, and absolutely wonderful. But if we can't get the basics of that, that you are a child of God, then it's going to be really difficult to move on from there. Right. And I just, I continue to go back to that facet of our identity and that level of belief before we can even get started with anything else. And so I'm really hoping that everybody listening is, is starting to like, okay, what is it I believe about God? Let's challenge that first. Right. And so if it's not, it's not good. It's not God. It's, what if you say? it's not good, it's not God. It, right. it didn't originate with me. <laughs> For me, it did. I stole it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Whatever. But I can't point to where it came from. So probably Graham Cook. Yeah. It sounds like a Graham thing. It does. So when, we, when we're looking into what is the zeal of God, we know that it originates in Jesus. Mm-hmm. He becomes the zeal of the Lord because we know that the government was resting upon his shoulders and the increase of his government will know no end. And yeah. so... Beyond Jesus, we have to to look and ask ourselves, where is the zeal of the Lord resting now? Mm-hmm. Go and grab a mirror because you're it. You have become the zeal of the Lord. When he says that it is the zeal of the Lord that will do this, it's you. You yeah. are the zeal of the Lord. And we we would be amiss not to go and read about Jesus in, in the temple, um, in John 2, starting in verse 12. After this, Jesus, his mother and brothers and his disciples went to Capernaum and stayed there for a few days. But the time was close for the Jewish Passover to begin. So Jesus walked to Jerusalem. 
As he went into the temple courtyard, he noticed it was filled with merchants selling oxen, lambs, and doves for exorbitant prices, while others were overcharging as they exchanged currency behind their counters. Mm -hmm. So Jesus found some rope and made it into a whip. There just happened to be material for a rope laying around. Then he drove out every one of them and their animals from the courtyard of the temple, and he kicked over their tables, filled with money, scattering it everywhere. And he shouted at the merchants, get these things out of here. Don't you dare make my father's house into a center for merchandise. That's when his disciples remembered the scripture. I am consumed with a fiery passion to keep your house pure. Other translations say that he was filled with zeal for the mm-hmm. Lord's house. And, and so this, this points to what the father's house does not look like. Right. It, it points to what we see a lot of today. Yeah. Where the church is being prostituted for financial gain. Yes. Yeah. It, 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 what is happening and one of the things why we're talking about you are the zeal of the Lord is there is a barrier being set up um, that isn't real by some people saying, if you don't, you know, pay me to get this blessing word, whatever it is, yeah. whatever the thing is, um, course, whatever, um, there's a barrier there for you. You're, you're missing out. I have something for you, but you have to pay me to get it. Right. And that's, that's not in line with, with what Jesus, uh, did or is saying. And, and that, that's why it's really kind of disheartening to see those things taking place is because God has such a zeal for you, for us, for every person on earth, regardless of what it is they do and how they present themselves, he still still has a zeal for them. Mm-hmm. And so we have yeah. to we have to also go and look at the original house mm-hmm. that is built on behalf of God, right? So Solomon is tasked with building the temple, and I I love to go and read all of the details about it. I mean, we we have all the details of what it took to, to build this place. And, and, and we know that the queen of Sheba came and she saw what it was that Solomon was building. And she is so moved, so moved by the zeal for the Lord's house that Solomon had that she leaves and returns with an entourage of treasure to lay at Solomon's feet. She's moved by the zeal of the Lord's house. He didn't prostitute anything out. Not in this moment. No. He just puts on display what it is that God told him to do. Mm-hmm. With the zeal of the Lord. And she is moved to come and offload treasure in a royal exchange. So if you are... If you are, are, are leading a church or, or a ministry of any kind and, and you're experiencing lack, perhaps putting the zeal of the Lord on display 
will do you good. Yeah, it'll definitely get your focus off what it is you're lacking. Uh, because again, you can't come into it with a mindset of lack. The child of God lacks nothing. Yeah. And if you start to feel that way, getting into that that place of of praise mm-hmm. and and zeal and passion for his house for what it is that he's doing here with with you through you with people around you yeah and and get passionate about that because it takes your focus off lack it takes your focus off need and and we know that he is going to supply for all of our needs right according to his riches and glory yes Yes. <laughs> not ours, not in our strength, not in our own provision through his, yes. because he's the provider. His riches and glory. Mm-hmm. And there's no end. No. And he's lavish. Mm-hmm. We just don't, we just don't go up and get what's ours. Right. And that's just it. And I know that you've probably heard, you know, the, the whole thing about if we could see what's in the storehouses of heaven that, that have our name on it. It's just oh, I got sitting a, there. I got a big imagination. I can, I can see some pretty big things. So. <laughs> but the question remains like, what, what are we not going in and, mm-hmm. and grabbing that that's actually ours? I, I think that to, to become the zeal of the Lord, we also have to take on some audacity. Yeah. And which looks like ownership. I mean, we need to own who we are, whose we are. Mm-hmm. We are the king's kids. And so we, 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 we sit around and we whine about what we don't have when all provision is at hand. Yeah. There's a great way to stop whining. It's gratitude. Yes. Just list some things you're grateful for. Like I'm grateful for coffee every oh. day. Yes. That's a good way to get started right there. It is. Yes. I'm grateful for this building. Absolutely. Absolutely grateful. And this is a way to just kind of change those things around. Okay. So now I can get out of that negative space Mm -hmm. and be grateful for what I have. And now it's time to start looking at, okay, what is it you're ready to give me right now? Or what is it I have access to right now? Right. Um, Because we know you have access to a multitude of things. Mm Mm-hmm. Like you're just talking about the storehouses of heaven. Yeah. They're they're You can't ransack them because it's open access. <laughs> so go for it. <laughs> right. Right. It, it's ours. Yeah. What's his is ours. Say that over yourself. Uh, What's his is mine. Yours is mine. And the thing is, it's like, he's not. Like, oh, watch it. Like you're, oh, you're getting a little too like. That's not zealous. Uh, no. That's not zealous at all. I wish you look up the definition of zeal. I haven't even done that. I just like. We should. I just be fun. sitting around thinking I know what it means. Here, talk and I'll look it up. Okay. <laughs> it, any, any kind of like standoffishness you feel is, is a, a, a figment of your imagination. It isn't your reality. We know that. There is no separation. So uh, he, if he didn't have zeal for you, there wouldn't be that union that we all share together. You have a definition? Yeah. Great energy or enthusiasm in pursuit of a cause or an objective. Great energy and enthusiasm in pursuit. In pursuit. What are you in pursuit of? And are you doing it with great energy and enthusiasm? 
That reminds me of the Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> I do tell. Roscoe Coltrane, the sheriff, in his hot pursuit, he had zeal to go he after did. them. And it was it was energetic, it was lively, and he always was excited about the pursuit. I don't know if he was necessarily excited about catching them, which I'm sure he was, but I don't, I was little when the show was yeah. on, so he got wrapped up in the in, in the, the zeal hot, of it all. Yeah, in that hot <laughs> pursuit. That's why it reminded me of that weird. Yes, Anyways. energy and enthusiasm. So, mm-hmm. what, what does that look like for you? And and yeah. my guess yeah. is you haven't reached it yet. I mean, like mm-hmm. we we are just barely dipping a toe in this thing, and because we just haven't understood it, we haven't had great revelation on what the zeal of the Lord actually looks like. Jesus gives good definition here. He's like, I'm not putting up with this. Did he have the authority? Mm-hmm. The, the legal authority on earth to go and do what he did, he assumed authority. Like yes. he got himself under the, the governance of the father and went in and just took ownership over. This is the Lord's house. Not the, not the illegitimate yes. governments that were set up. Yes. Yeah. He and, took and, the authority. Oof, Lord Jesus. Uh, we have got to pay attention. We need to pay attention to scripture. I, I'm challenging you. Stop just reading scripture or listening to scripture, however it is that you absorb scripture, stop doing it on autopilot. I know you've read it all before, but stop mm-hmm. doing it on autopilot because we need to start picking up on the clues. Yeah. Where was there a praise break? Mm-hmm. Where the, the government of the father was established and then what took place from there? Yeah. Go and read Acts. This happens over and over and over in the book of Acts. They came up against resistance Mm -hmm. and not petty resistance like you and I come up against. This was real resistance where they were beaten and thrown in in prison, Mm -hmm. where they were brought before the, the council and they were ridiculed and accused and I mean, all sorts of horrible things yeah. physically happened to them. Now I understand we are undergoing spiritual attack right now, but we haven't ever had to deal with any sort of persecution whatsoever. No, like that's never happened. Mm-mm. But what happens on the backside of it is incredible because they step into praise yeah. Every single time. And numbers were added to them by the hundreds, if not thousands. That's what got them through the beatings, through prison. Yeah. And, and talking about zeal for, for people and looking at God's zeal for us, we often will misrepresent that. And the church has done a great job of misrepresenting God's zeal because we've pointed it at zeal for morality, zeal for control, zeal for rules and all the things that aren't of the kingdom yeah, and we miss out right? because there's no sitting in the revelation of what it is. Yeah. And so we look at those things and, and overturning the, the money tables and driving out the animals. And we want to make some kind of doctrine out of that. And now we've got some rules and some morality on this thing. Yeah. And we say that money is the root of all evil when it's actually the love of money. Because it takes money to do stuff. We yeah. know that. We wouldn't talk about giving every week and invite people to worship through giving if that wasn't the case. Right. And, and Jesus, anyways. Jesus even took authority over the money, the currency yeah. of his day. He did. 
He did. I mean, we see him doing this by by meeting Peter's need mm-hmm. with the with the um, solution. Yeah. Yeah. Go and get a coin out of the fish's mouth. He takes authority over that. So what what typically this is what I believe happens. The things that we are actually called to establish authority or dominion over are the things that are coming against us. Absolutely. 100%. You are going to see your calling and you're going to see the exact opposite come up against you. Mm-hmm. And you're going to, and it, it may be subtle too, to start making agreements that pull you kind of away from the calling. If it's not an outright, mm-hmm. just overt attack against it. Right. And, and we, we see that here too. So yeah, we know that it's true that things are going to come up against you. Right. I mean, just ask Judas. Yeah. <laughs> I, he, he gave himself mm-hmm. to, to the thing that was coming up against him. And I think that we do this unknowingly, but we give ourselves through complaint, through mm-hmm. grumbling, through, you know, honestly sitting still and just allowing life to have us rather than us having life. And, and there's a big difference. I, I, I do want to read on here about um, what happens beyond that. The fan blew my page. Um, 18 is what, where you're 18, at. yeah. So we're in John 2, 18. But the Jewish religious leaders challenged Jesus. What authorization do you have to do this sort of thing? God gave you this kind of authority. If God gave you this kind of authority, what supernatural sign will you show us to prove it? That's audacious right there. <laughs> that is. That that is that is zeal. See, I think that just like we are worshiping things no matter what, oh, yeah. I think that we we possess zeal because the Father does. Mm-hmm. It is a description sure. of who he is and so it has to be a definition of who we are. Mm-hmm. And so we'll have zeal no matter what and and they did. Just like you're worshiping something. Right. Something has your affection. Right. What is it? Right. What what has what is energizing you? Yeah. to for the pursuit. Um, so they, what authorization do you have to do this sort of thing? That is so funny to me. It's just so funny. And the thing is, it's like, we are going to come up against those kinds of questions, Absolutely. probably more spiritual. Mm-hmm. What, what authority by what authority are you stepping into this? And, and because we have believed in a lie for so long, our mental capacity is riddled with attack mm-hmm. on a regular basis. So who said you could do that? Um, I, I think that you're thinking too big of yourself. Why do you need this here? Right. Why do you need another church here? Ooh, yeah. We got that, we got that. Yeah. Why does Junction City need another church? Well, if you can show me one that has a full expression of the kingdom, then we'll stand down. We'll stand down and join you. Yeah. Until then, we're going to Topeka. <laughs> <laughs> we are branching out. Why does Topeka need another church? Same, same answer. Yeah. Same, Jesus, same Jesus with the question. Jesus wanting there. to pour himself out extravagantly. Mm-hmm. His, yeah. his, um, his government. Mm-hmm. Like he, he's ready for the expression of his government to overrule the government of our land. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Okay. So um, if God gave you this kind of authority, what supernatural sign will you show us to prove it? Jesus answered, after you've destroyed this temple, 
I will raise it up again in three days. And they totally missed it. Oh my goodness. Talk about audacious. Yes, Topeka is waiting. Here we come, Topeka. Today, actually. <laughs> Today, actually. <laughs> oh, we're so excited about that. Maybe we'll tell you about that here in a minute. Okay, so Jesus answers them. After you've destroyed this temple, I'm going to raise it up again mm -hmm. in three days. Now, talk about audacious. Oh, now is. he is completely stepping into the first person of the Father. Yep. Oh, yeah. That's going to get him going. Guys, this is permission. This is permission. Like, he's really making the people mad. But this is also permission for us because he is, he is fully God and he is fully man. And the thing is, is we are co-heirs. He's given everything over to us so we can actually stand and say the same audacious things. After this temple is destroyed, I'll raise it up again in three days. I think he's practically daring us at this point. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so we know that, that what he's talking about is the cross, that, that mm -hmm. you know, he, he knows what's coming. And he submits himself fully to it. Yeah. Not only does he submit himself to the authority of heaven, he also submits himself to the authority mm -hmm. that the earth usurped. Yeah. And, uh, or not the earth necessarily, but, you know, systems of darkness. Yeah. And um, for our redemption. Yeah. And, and they're missing it when he says temple, because they're standing in this structure, this physical structure that they created that they're missing it. And, and I forget where I just read it the other day, but I can't remember where Paul talks about the, us being the temple. Mm -hmm. And, and that's what he's referring to, but they're not catching on that. Uh, he's talking about himself and, and completely missing it and completely missing uh, again, what it was that he was doing. Mm -hmm. It was all about relationship with you and the father, with him and the father. So mm -hmm. he's mirroring that, that relationship for us and, and showing us what it is that we're being brought back into. Yeah. Not showing you necessarily the example or the, you know, what would Jesus do? Right. No, it's what Jesus did. And what he was doing was bringing us back into the kingdom, not just giving us some great model and example to follow. Right. Yes. Um, and, and so, and I love it that he points to, to himself in this, that, mm -hmm. that he is about to become the sacrifice. Because what we see these people doing in the temple is they're selling sacrifice. Yeah, they are. They're selling sacrifice and they're bartering. And we know that these same things took place at the cross mm -hmm. where he is he's handing himself over to be the lamb, the final sacrifice. And then they even, they, they barter for his clothes. Yeah. And so everything that is taking place on the temple porch is, is what is about to happen over him as the temple. On the porch of his temple. Whew. And, and he's, he's zealous. Mm -hmm. This will not take place in my father's house. Mm -hmm. Now, we have to stop looking at, at the temple as though it's some kind of structure because we have now become. Right the temple and he is just as zealous today over you as he was then over that. Mm -hmm. So good. It's not this building. It's you. 
you are the temple yeah. that he has zeal over. And your, your question or statement earlier about you want to know who it is or what it is that God has zeal for, look in the mirror. Yeah. Absolutely. And don't turn away because if you want to be able to then turn and reflect that to others, you can't turn away from that reflection in the mirror. Yeah. Because then you don't know what is being reflected. Right. You need to be face to face with the right. Father. And so I think that we have to ask ourselves the hard questions here is what is it that is that um, demonically, I'm just going to like say it like it is, but what is demonically being sold as a sacrifice at your porch that he is, is taking a whip to right now. Mm -hmm. And we need to, we have to, we have to be honest about these kind of things. If we're ever going to become a legitimate expression of the zeal of the Lord, because there are things that are taking place on our porches as the temple of God that he is not approving of. Right. He's not approving and, and forget the grumbling and complaining because that is like minor hmm. compared to the things that we have given ourselves over to. Oh, he yeah. is, he is looking for a place, a habitat to let down the train of his robe. We know in Isaiah six, it says, I see him seated on high and the train of his robe fills the temple. Where do you think he's wanting to let his temple down at? Mm -hmm. It's in us. Yeah. It's in us. He's wanting the full expression of the throne room to be evident in us. Mm -hmm. And I love it. I was listening to, to Acts this morning, and it was just fascinating. Like I said earlier, that they stopped and they gave thanks and they offered up lofty praise to him. Sometimes just within themselves. Other times they had to vocalize it before their accusers. Mm -hmm. this is who he is. And I'm not sure we're willing to go that distance right now. But what was interesting is, is that after um, Peter and John are arrested for the man being healed at Gate Beautiful, mm. he receives his sight and, and then they're accused of like, what do you, like, you can't do this kind of thing, you yeah. know, which is so funny to me. Cause it's like, what? Okay. And, um, and he's like, who do you think we are that this would happen? Do you think it is by our godliness that this happened? And so they're, they're pointing back to Jesus saying, it's him. And they don't stop there. They go into this whole rant about, you want to know what you did to the very one who made this possible? To the one who made it possible for this man to have sight? They point back to Jesus and they're like, you're the one that traded him up for Barabbas. Mm -hmm. You're the one that traded up the Christ for a murderer. You're the one that bartered a murderer for the life giver. Mm. Wow. This is, this is zeal. This is zeal on display. They didn't, they didn't care about their own life. Mm -mm. They, they could have been stoned to death right there. Well, and Paul was at one point. Well, Paul, yeah, not oh. to death, but stoned. <laughs> well, we don't, I mean, he could have been dead when they drug him outside the city and dropped him. 
and they immediately point to resurrection. Immediately. Immediately they point to resurrection. There's no hesitation right then. Yes. It kind of reminds me of, you know, the whole Job thing when God shows up. Where were you? And that's basically what they are saying to these Jewish leaders is, where were you when he was raised from the dead and came and hung out with us for, you know, 30 days or whatever it was? was. Where were you when we saw him lifted up and ascending into heaven? Can we please be those people? Can we be those people who actually care enough about the house of the Lord that we would say, hold on. Mm-hmm. This can't happen on your porch anymore. Right. That we would enter into healing and deliverance for the sake of freedom that mm-hmm. was already purchased because we have enough zeal to say this can't take place at the porch of the Lord anymore. That's right. Got to be you. Got to be those people. <laughs> but you got to be able you got to be interruptible interruptible like you've been talking about and be open to stopping and and sitting in the revelation taking those praise breaks Mm -hmm. and and saying okay what are you doing here and then do that right right and i can't get past this this whole thing about and i'm going to repeat it and probably five more times i'm going to repeat it not today, but you know, over the course of time, because we'll, I think we'll it's keep really, yeah, go ahead, count. I hope I outdo that. Um, I, it's just really important that we grab hold of this. And, and this was just like revelation a Sunday morning that, that God was just dropping. And, um, and, and he was like, I, I need you to better understand what's taking place. It's not just about you being willing to praise. It's about you understanding that in that very space that you're at, my government, my authority is needed. And mm. it is it is on the praises of his people that he is enthroned, which is crazy. What kind of God <laughs> just completely hands himself over to humanity? And I think that here's another thing that we are bartering with right now. And, and I've heard this over the, the last bit of time that it is, it's rare for God to say that he trusts his people. I disagree with I that. I disagree with that because. He's been saying it from the start. Well, the thing is, is that he, in, he enthrones himself on the praises of his people. That is some mad trust. Yeah, it is. It's wild. That's wild. But he enthrones himself on the praises of his people. And we know that the foundation of his throne is justice and righteousness. Mm -hmm. And where he has his throne, his government goes out from there. And I love the picture. Can you just close your eyes and just imagine with me that when we lift up praise, it is above us, right? And his throne is just right here above us. And we know that it is said of Jesus in Isaiah 9 that it is on his shoulders that the government rests. So when we lift up high praise to him, when we are interruptible, no matter what, I don't care what it is you're doing. You could be in the grocery store and Jesus is like, my government needs to be established right here in the middle of Walmart. Trust me, that's true. 
right? Mm-hmm. I, I, maybe maybe you're you know at, at the 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 place getting your your license renewed, and God is like, praise me now. Are you going to be interruptible in that moment and willing to? Lift up high praise so that he can establish his government upon your shoulders and it just leaks out because you're there, because you exist in that space. Yeah. That's why he's interrupting us right now. He's interrupting us because we have a whole lot of demonic squatters in our land and Mm -hmm. he wants it back. Yeah. And he wants it back through you and I. His glory is to fill the whole earth like the water covers the seas. And that's going to be done through you and I. Hmm. That's so good. Well, and, and it's, it's fun to even consider like in these moments where he is, he's coming at us and, and demanding praise from us. And, and I'm, I'm fine with saying demanding. Oh, yeah. I'm fine with that. Demand me. Mm-hmm. At that moment, when I submit to that and I partner in praise, which he fills my mouth with, there's very little that I'm doing here other than just yielding. He fills my mouth with praise to ascribe worth to his name and glory leaks out. The result of radical obedience. Hi, Chris. Yes. Yes. Oh, I didn't even see Pepper's opposition equals prophetic words in reverse. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. That's a good way of putting that. I Mm -hmm. like it. I like it. I like it. Um, So what is it that he's asking of you? Yeah. And what's it going to require? How, how interruptible are you willing to be? I mean, we could sit around. Let me just tell you, let me tell you what's going on. It was, I don't know, probably two months ago that we felt like God was asking us to go to Topeka, mm-hmm. that, um, that he was wanting to do a work in Topeka. And, you know, sometimes God talks and you're just like, oh, that's good to know. Yeah. And you wait. And I'm not saying that that's wrong, but we waited. And then he turns the heat up a little bit. And we did like, what we naturally do and jumped into... We'll go this direction. Uh huh. <laughs> that wasn't it. No, nope. that wasn't <laughs> it. Right. Because of, and what Vince is talking about prophetically, like when mm-hmm. God begins to cast a vision and he's, he's giving you a word of this is what I want you to do. Oftentimes our imagination takes off in, in a wider direction than it is that we lean on our own understanding. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. And, and God's yeah. like, excuse me. <laughs> that's not yeah (laughs) that's not what i have planned and and what we lean into and i'm saying that we lean in on our own understanding is Mm -hmm. we lean in where we already feel like we're professional right and he is not calling us to be professionals he's calling us to be instruments within his hands and to expand and in order to expand we're going to be uncomfortable so of course he's expecting something of us that is extraordinarily uncomfortable. Yeah, the the polished performance is easy. Oh yes, and not what he's after. No, and but that's what we were leaning into. Yeah, I love telling on ourselves. <laughs> that's fun. It's confession time, um, 
And so what, what we had imagined is that we were going to go and do a, um, a, a prophetic class mm -hmm. that we, which is our passion. We love yeah. that. And, um, uh, but God's like, stop. I, I am not asking you to, to drop down for eight weeks and do this thing. Mm -hmm. I want to establish my authority in this town. Yes. And it just got to the point where we knew that if we didn't do something immediately, that we would we were going to find ourselves outside of submission or outside of obedience. And and that's that's more uncomfortable for me than being stretched. Yeah. And and one of the problems that we know a lot of people run into because we've run into it ourselves is not wanting to take any action because it doesn't look perfect or it's not um, what we've seen in the past. It doesn't have all the bells and whistles right up front. And so we won't, we won't take any action. We won't take a first step. Mm -hmm. and, and we have to get out of that mindset too because uh, imperfect action is better than no action. Right. So oh. Topeka is a, a, a town that is um, about 60 minutes from here. And it is the capital of our state. And we are going today to begin a work in Topeka. Mm -hmm. So please, friends, join with us in, in you know, just praying and declaring yeah. that, that God's work in Topeka will be done. Topeka has seen the glory of the Lord, but has never sustained it. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, like wild things have happened in Topeka. In fact, what took place um, at the Azusa Street Revival in California began in Topeka, yeah. Kansas. Charles Parham's building still stands there's a church that meets there now, and um, and it was a healing house. That's where um, the manifestation of speaking in tongues really started breaking out here and mm. um, just, you know, an hour away from here. So that's yeah. where it all began and then went west. Yep. Maria Woodworth Etter held meetings. Extravagant miracles took place in Topeka, Kansas. And um, so anyway, here we're, we go. We're excited to see it happen again. Yes. And then I think it was last week that, that God was just like encountering me. <laughs> That's what I like to call it. That's a good way of putting that. <laughs> and, and he said, I want you to pay attention to the tent peg on your east corner because I'm about to lift it up. And stretch it to the eastern border, which I have no idea. I don't know what that means. And um, and I want you to go east two times. And um, Topeka is definitely east of here. And so, I don't know. Topeka first. I don't know what's next. We'll see. We'll see. I have, I have inklings. So there you have it. Please be praying with us for that. Yeah. And um, anyway, thanks, guys, for tuning in this morning. Be blessed. Bye.